So why did he need a uh, black director? Could a white director not have? It's not color. It's culture. S explain the difference, because I think we're, we're Steven in a space Spielberg right did Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas, right? Steven Spielberg could direct Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese probably could have done a good job with Schindler's List, but they're cultural differences. I know, you know, we all know what it is when a hot comb hits your hair on a Sunday morning, what it smells like. Huh? That's a cultural difference, not just a color difference. Right. So it's a culture. What's going on, good people? Rich here. It's your girl, Ray P. Welcome to We Got Y'all. How are you? Rich, what's going on? Slow motion, slow motion. <laughs> Definitely excited to be here with you today. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're going to get into how we even got into this show um and how this became a thing but um, first and foremost shout out to everybody out there listening mm -hmm. definitely appreciate y'all shout out to school after school yeah. we miss you buddy yeah definitely definitely man so we got y'all just as a quick i don't know if you're new to the culture garden or whatever the case is um it's presented by the culture garden podcast where we discuss movies um particularly films and filmmakers and actors um just we we, we break things down it's pretty, pretty fun. I think we're, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun with it, but we also, television is where the good stories are. Yeah. Uh, so we actually created this feed and we called it We Got Y'all because we originally only made it for season five of Insecure. Mm. Like we did a breakdown episode by episode. It's still up on this feed. I do recommend you check it out because it was a great series. It was fun to break down. Um, but we wanted to use this for television and we decided at the beginning of this year, we're going to discuss a lot of different shows um, so we're about to have a lot of stuff coming at you and your honor wasn't even in the plans. Um, but that's just a little breakdown. So you, we have a link tree. If you follow us on Instagram, if you don't, please do um, the culture garden podcast. We have a link tree in our bio, um, Rachel and myself and school have link trees in our personal Instagrams, which is found on our culture garden page. Um, but you can find a link to, we got y'all find a link to the culture garden, find a link to our YouTube all from one place um, and check us out from there. But uh this will be spoiler it, um spoilers will be present should i say yeah throughout the episode so if you have not seen your honor please make sure you watch the episodes because we will be breaking things down and talking about uh, uh spoilers and also i guess one thing is this isn't going to be like a scene by scene recap type show mm -hmm. um rachel and myself just love to break things down we always view it as we're going to have these conversations anyway whether we yeah. record them or not, Rachel and myself are going to have this conversation about this show. So yeah. we're really just bringing everybody into it and having one large conversation. Um, we hope that y'all are out there listening, like agreeing with us, disagreeing with us, just joining in. And please feel free to hit us up, YouTube, Instagram. We love these conversations, man. We've met a lot of dope people and had some good combos um, just off some of the episodes we've done. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I know while my Instagram is private, I have started accepting some of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Familiar yeah. names. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 Seen them in the comments. Yeah. If y'all hit, hit us up on the Culture Garden page, I promise you, like, we can we can correlate who's who. You know, I, I've got a, pe a few people on my personal page, too. I'm like, hold up. Who is this? Like, even though exactly. mine's public, but you know, still. Uh -huh. Um, this was a random decision, Rachel. Yes. Um, as we mentioned, was. as we mentioned, we're covering Your Honor, which is uh, streams on Showtime. Season two just started a couple weeks ago. 
Um, and I say this is random because I fell into the show and I couldn't stop watching it. It's so good. And once I caught up, which was season two, episode one, I hit up Rachel. I said, yo, we got to talk about this. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about our first our first television series this year was going to be Harlem, which comes on Amazon Prime um, early February. But we're still going to do Harlem. Yeah, we, we weren't expecting to do your honor. So I'm looking forward to talking to this, talking to you about this. Um, how did you get involved in the show, Rachel? Like, what were you a, a original season one, episode one watcher? Like, how did you get involved? Yes. Yes, I was. So first off, um, I know if you listen to We Got Y'all, um, I may have said the first season or the Insecure season five. Um, I may have said how much of a fool for TV I am. But mm -hmm. I just need to reiterate that I am a TV fool. And, yes. you know, growing up, we always had cable. Like, if I was in trouble, my punishment would be for my dad to cut my cable. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that is a very first world problem. Uh, but that, that was my thing. Like, it would send me into a conundrum if I couldn't watch my shows. Um, so <laughs> nah, that's real. That's but, real. Um, I can't tell you how I stumbled upon it. Literally just watching because, okay, with that being said, I do still have cable. It is something that I don't know. It's probably like codependence at this point. I can't cancel it, even though all the streaming is available and it probably costs the same amount to just do that, but whatever. So, um, I don't cord. know. Um, when is this? 2020? This came out. Yeah, so, which is wild. Pandemic. Literally me doing what I do best, watching TV if I'm not curled up with a good book. And I'm like, oh, Brian Cranston, I'm in. And it was simple as that. Brian Cranston on Showtime. Say easy, less. Easy. Say less. And I've been tuned in since I can't tell you if I just stumbled upon the first episode or if I saw a trailer early on or what. But as soon as um, I saw it, I've been hooked. And it's so well written, so well done. Mm -hmm. Nobody's lacking. Even the, I don't want to call them the unknowns, but even the actors and actresses that we do not know, but they're doing a the damn thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You really just cover, like one thing I do want to mention is I don't, I'll talk about how I just got into it, but I don't um, understand how y'all waited from the end of 20, early 2021 to now to know what happened. Like, I couldn't even imagine sitting through that. Bruh. I couldn't even imagine it. So I'm glad that I found it late because I would have been going nuts. Um, and we're going to talk about something interesting. I don't know okay. if you know, but we're going to talk about something interesting here in a few minutes uh, okay. as far as the origin of the show. But as far as myself, um, it's kind of a funny story. So the reason I started watching it is, shout out to Ashley. Me and Ashley were talking about television shows. And she was like, yo, your honor comes back. You need to watch that. So I started it. And it instantly pulled me in, like, first 15 minutes. I'm like, yo, this is some wild shit. Like, why y'all, similar to a tweet you had, Rachel, why y'all starting it like this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, was, it just drew me in. And it was one of those, and I haven't had this in a while. A lot of television shows, like, had the slow burn. Yeah. This one had me glued, like, episode. Like, I couldn't stop watching it. Like I said, I burned through season one. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say this is funny because Nate is probably listening to this because I know he loves your honor. Shout out to my brother, Nate. Hey, Nate. 
Um, he's probably, he's probably uh, smirking his face or got his nose crunched up somewhere, his face crunched up because he told me back in like I, 2020, hey man, you need to check out your honors. And I disregarded <laughs> him. I disregarded Nate, man. I love you, Nate. But, you know, I, I really started watching recently and I've been hooked. And like I said, it was to the point where I hit you up randomly on a, what, Friday morning and say, yeah. yo, we got to talk about your honor. Yeah. So here we are. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's so good. It had me season. We're going to go back to season one, but season two, episode one had me sitting up in my bed, <laughs> mouth agape, eyes glued to the screen. I could not move even after it was over. Ah, wow. I think, I'm sure that was even a bigger, like, impact for you given how long you had waited for it you know i waited i didn't wait like i literally went from season one episode 10 right into season two episode one yeah so i can imagine waiting two years and seeing how those first 15 minutes of uh, episode one played out and um like rachel said we're gonna draw we're not gonna do a season one recap if, if you're listening to this we're assuming that you know what's happening um and that you're a faithful watcher we'll we'll draw back to moments from season one throughout yeah. this but other than that we're just kind of gonna keep the fl conversations flowing. Um, and I meant to say, we're going to do these episodically. So like I said, I just got caught up. So that's why we're doing one and two together. But mm -hmm. moving forward, every Monday or Tuesday, whichever one, we're going to drop a new episode. So we'll be able yeah. to break down the whole thing. Um, but let's talk about the origin of the show. Okay, yeah. So it was created by Peter Moffat. Um, he's a creator of the show. He gets the credit for that. But it is based off of a television show called Kavoto, which is Hebrew for your honor. So okay. it's an Israeli show, and it's pretty much the exact same premise. Um, a judge, son, get involved in hit and run. He has to make moral decisions to figure out how to protect his son, how far is he willing to go, the whole nine. So the suspense is there. The drama is there. Um, episode one and two was directed by Peter Solid, And I do have to mention Brian Cranston. He is the star of the show. Rachel, you said the same thing. If I see Brian Cranston, I don't care what it is. Oh, I'm in. I'm Especially watching. on the Showtime, HBO, one of those types, mm -hmm. say less. Um, so he really draws everything in. And I do have to shout out, I think one of the reasons that this show appeals to me um, and it's so fascinating is the unknowns, you know, no disrespect, but the actors who are bona fide great at their skill and they just came here to act. Mm -hmm. um, and if you know films and you've seen a couple of these people before, like Gina Baxter, I've seen her in a, she was actually Tony Stark's mom in Civil War. Um, she's been in uh, Succession, stuff like that. But little side roles, they don't have their own main character or main role to define them by. And I think that's a great thing because now I know them as I see Jimmy Baxter. I see okay. um, other than shout out to Isaiah Whitlock. Y'all know how I feel about The Wire. Great show. <laughs> Isaiah Whitlock Jr. He plays uh, Charlie Figaro, but mm -hmm. he is also Clay Davis. The people's mayor. You know what I'm saying? I thought you was going to give me a she. <laughs> I, I was about to. I was about to. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Um, he and uh Margot Martindale, mm -hmm. uh the grandmother, she that is my girl. Yeah. Do you hear me? <laughs> yeah, she called with it too. She called with it too. I really enjoy her. It. Yeah, she does not it. waste any scene that she's on in the show. Um, but as far as the origin go, did you know this was supposed to be a one season miniseries? Yes. Okay. That's Got why you. I was very surprised when um the news of a season two came out because I was fully under the impression that it was, in fact, a limited series. Okay, then, yeah. So, and, and it made perfect sense. I didn't know that going into it. 
but it made perfect sense because of how it started. Yes. Uh, I mentioned earlier, a lot of television shows are slow burn, let you, you know, introduce you to the characters, to their world. This one started right away where we have a direct um, conflict, yeah. like cause and effect directly. This is this story is about this, not these people's backstory, not they live and might tie into it, but how these events are going to unfold in the next few weeks in their world. Um, and I love how things just get right to it. Um, I love the moral compass that everybody has to kind of walk through. Yeah. Um, you know, they do a really good job. We, we, we'll talk about Michael Desiato, who was the main character, um, starts off in season one as a judge. And obviously we know that's not the case now, but of building his character to go through a wave of emotions. Mm-hmm. Like season three, season one was a wave because yeah. they do specific things to give him redeeming qualities. So when we, the very first time we see him, he runs up on the porch mm-hmm. and then we see him use that in court to kind of undress that cop on the stand. And let us know, like, all right, this dude is about it. Like, he's an honorable, moral man. And then we yeah. see how manipulative, manipulative he is throughout season one. Yeah. But we know he has a reason for it. And then as we speed up to season two, you start seeing more of those redeeming qualities as far as, like, when he goes to the meat shop. Mm-hmm. All right? And the butcher tells him, like, do you remember me, Judge? Like, them telling that story is to let us know, yeah, Michael's been through a lot. But here we are. We have to remind you who this man is at the court. And yeah. I think that's going to say a lot about what's going on this season. Michael is a good man. You have mm-hmm. to remember in season one, he was going to turn Adam in and was prepared for Adam, your only begotten son, to go to jail for vehicular homicide mm-hmm. until he seen it was the badass Baxters. Which and makes him even a, a, a better father, in my opinion, once he yeah. saw who it was. Yeah, I mean, he knew it was going to get ugly. He knew that it could have gone extremely, extremely, extremely far left. Um, And I know we don't see Adam in season two so far. (laughs) I mean, I know that he's gone on to glory, but um, he just pissed me off so bad in season one. Really? Adam, hell yeah. As far as what? Because I feel like he wasn't listening to Michael's instructions the way that he should have been. And while, yes, he is a teen grappling with the death of his mother, grappling with the fact that he did, in fact, kill somebody, and his father, <coughs> oh, excuse me, and his father did plant. I, what's the word? Um, we'll set it up. He scapegoated, yeah, another black child and we can get into the racial the racial um mm. effects of that we're in new orleans this white judge just handpicked this little black boy with nothing a mother from a crime ridden life in poverty a nobody a non-entity an undesirable quote unquote and was just like uh-huh. he can go to jail and, and you know what's interesting about that rachel it's a white it's a white judge that we're told we're supposed to like. That we are told is a good man. That we've also seen do the opposite of keep a black family together. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes everything interesting because how do I feel about this guy? Because he's protecting his son. We understand that. I think anybody in that position would, but man, how do you sleep with yourself? Because I really felt like I like I felt for Kofi. Even though we only got him for a few episodes, like yeah. my heart broke for Kofi. 
Um, like you said, we can get into even the whole gang culture and taking right. one and pleading guilty, knowing he didn't do it. Like whole life in front of him. Kofi seemed like a good kid who was just caught up. Um. I, don't, I won't say in the system, but like just circumstance mm -hmm. of life, you know, um, he was somebody who desire crew could get to just take the rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, yeah, this stolen car went left, but actually you need to take the rap and do this. And we know that my family is going to be taken care of because even though he was out of the house, from my understanding, he was still helping his mother, that's what the uh, what Eugene said in court. Like, well, you know, sometimes my brother give us money. Sometimes my brother gets us groceries. And so mm -hmm. Kofi knew that that only continues, his family being essentially taken care of if he does take this plea. Or Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And that's sad to know it's that that's your option. Um, it reminds me of the conversation we had on our Juice episode on okay. the Kofi Garden. Uh, what we just talked about, that story was just as much as these kids and their circumstances. Yeah. What they're exposed to uh, more than anything else, more than a quote-unquote hood movie. So yeah. it's kind of wild to see things unfold like that. Yeah. Um, but you understand it as well. It's just a rough spot to be in. It's it's a rough spot. Um, and I, I'm glad that this is only going for one more season. Uh, because you can't, you can't, you can't uphold that kind of like riveting storytelling, that edge of your seat storytelling for so many seasons, like three, four, five. Like you can't stretch it out. But I am curious to know where we're going. I have no idea where season two is headed. I don't know what the end game is. I don't know what Michael's main motivation is. Because Michael's down right now. He out. You know what I'm saying? Between last week and Sunday, I have watched episodes one and two more times than I care to admit. And when I tell you I am still lost, <laughs> mm -hmm. I have no idea where this is going. Shout out to Rosie Perez. We see her in season two, a good, very good cast edition. Mm -hmm. Michael says to her, <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I don't know why you think I can do this. Nigga, me neither. Right. <laughs> Right. I don't know what the end goal is. Is it to get Charlie? Is it to get the Baxters? Like, what what are we trying to do here? I I, I believe it's to get the Baxters. Like, I'm, I'm I have a strong belief that's the end goal. I, at least for Rosie Perez's character, right? Right. Um. However, and I I have faith. You know, just in Brian Cranston's, um, you know his his uh his eye. Uh, you know, what I'm saying his better his better with judgment that they did not rush this or mess this up. I, I don't think they come back with a season two if it's not up to the par, right. the same quality. So um, it is very interesting that both of us have those questions about what's the motivation, what's going to happen. Because Michael, as he's shown us in these first two episodes, doesn't have anything to live for. Um, he's lost. He's homeless. Um, there is a scene, and I, we'll, we'll talk about some scenes throughout this, uh, these episodes, but when he first gets out of jail, um, that scene where he goes back to the old house, mm -hmm. it, it was more than just the home. It was his whole life. You see a woman who can represent Robin. You see a son who can represent Adam. He's really looking at his his old life and knowing that that's yeah. going. Like, it's hard for somebody who's lost his wife and his son to really bounce back like that and have any kind of motivation. We see himself starving himself. Like, he is trying to die. He tells us this. Like, why don't you people let me die in peace? Um so how you motivate a man like that to do anything, whatever they want him to do, 
which is like I said, I think it's for the Baxters. It's going to be very interesting to see unfold. I don't know if his grandson's going to be his motivation. Um, I don't know what. I don't even think that's enough for him. Like I just, yeah. I think he checked out, but we'll see. I got to see him shave that beard first. <laughs> that's why I know he's serious. Like when he right, that beard, right. I, he's serious. I think that Charlie is a motivation protecting Charlie. I think Charlie. I think Charlie. I think Charlie Loki foul, but we'll talk about it later. I don't, not, oh. not that he's done anything foul, but I think he's. I think something's gonna be revealed about Charlie. That's some real nut shit. I can tell by the. I can tell by the hats he wears. Only you <laughs> have like that. He up to no good. I'm telling you, Charlie. We know Charlie is shady. We knew that in season one. Yeah. Charlie set up Rudy to get Kofi to steal the car from the Desiato house. So mm-hmm. that right there lets me know that while Charlie appears to be on and up and up, he still is very much a nigga. He is still very much has his hands in the streets, in the culture, moving pieces, moving and shaking. And so then fast forward to season two. Now um, with the club, we see Charlie again, the people's mayor, stepping <laughs> in um, and essentially strong arming with the light touch, the bar manager or the bar owner in um at the, in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie definitely is a politician. Charlie is a, he's a career politician. Yep. He definitely has skeletons. And I think that the recording that um Rosie Perez has is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Of, random incriminating things that they have on Charlie. And while they may want to protect him, also, they are not, especially, you know, black men, they are not afraid to use him as a pawn and for him to be disposable in their trek to essentially get the Baxters. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. Um, Very interested to see where things go. Also, quick side note, throughout this series, we're going to be referencing to these characters by the character. We're not actually going to bring their their real names into it. I think that might be a little bit confusing. Um, so we are going to reference them as, you know, Michael Desiato, so on and so forth. So just a quick side note for that. Um, let me ask you this real quick. Dang. Background, man. I know, man. Cincinnati up to no good. My bad, y'all. But let me ask you this real quick. So if season one ended, if it went how it was originally supposed to, it was just supposed to be one. Um, two questions, I guess. Do you think it was originally like that? You think they switched it up midway and said, like, oh, we're going to have a season two? Or do you think it would have ended like that regardless? You think? Do you think that was the open shut? I think it would have ended like that regardless. How would you have felt if it ended um, like that? And knowing that you wouldn't get anything else, how would you have felt? I felt okay. You would have felt okay? It felt so... Um, at the end of season one, Eugene kills Adam. Mm-hmm. Even though his intention is um, Rocco Baxter. Or no, not Rocco, the other brother, Carlo. Carlo. Um, it was a full circle. Definitely. The signs were all there. Nobody's hands are clean. Michael, Carlo, Jimmy, obviously not Eugene. Um, Adam had to die. Yeah. And I, I, they were very intentional about that. 
Um, and I think that makes sense. I agree with you. I think it would have ended like that. I think that's the kind of the poetry in it. Yeah. Um, even to the positions of which Rocco and Adam die. Rocco dies in the first 15 minutes. Adam dies in the last 15 minutes. They're both laid out. They're both, you know, um, choking on their own blood, like just the mm -hmm. same kind of imagery. Um, like you mm -hmm. said, Kofi, uh, Eugene lost his brother because of Michael and Adam. Um, and it's interesting as a whole how all of these events are just sparked off by one lie. Yeah. Like one lie's caused all of this mayhem. Like, and Adam's it's all. Fault. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it, it, it's a real thing. And, um, I like get you said, being nobody a What'd you say? I get being a scared teenager, but yeah. fuck. Yeah, that's a that's a you, that's a tough spot to be. You can't. I can't even. I would be. Um, I wouldn't even be able to compose myself if I left. That's that how I knew part. I would have to say. Because I, 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 there's part. no way as a teenager I would even. I'd be shook. 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 And shook. Can we talk about the weirdo shit as far as like going after his sister? Come on, Adam's crazy. No, I don't know, for real. It's Adam's fault. Adam is sleeping with his teacher. We talked about that in the Juice episode, too. Young teacher, youngish, yeah. but a teacher and then adult nonetheless. Hey, man, shout out to Adam for putting in work, because that teacher, that grown teacher, was about to move to New York. Hey, Adam... <laughs> This lady was rearranging her life based off of the college acceptance of some 17-year-old weirdo who yeah. got his first taste of getting his meat wet. <laughs> and y'all both in love? Like, are y'all crazy? Yeah, that's insane. Help me understand. Then, Adam, and I went upon the rewatch um, in preparation for season or for episode one of season two or Episode 11, quote unquote. I couldn't remember how Fia came in Adam's orbit. So, do you remember now? This nigga was looking yeah. at the, what, the vigil stuff yeah, that she was, was posting. Like, you intentionally sought her out. Yeah. Some weird, it's some, it's some inexcusable shit. Like it's just, it's some, it's just some weirdo. I don't know if that's a like a grieving method. I don't know what that's about, but come on, bro. A little cool. bit. And can we get into the fact that Fia and Franny, the teacher, they look alike? Um, yeah, he got a thing. They look alike, and they also look like uh Robin, his mama. Yeah, they got a thing. He got a thing, man. There's a lot of deep things I think you can unpack about Adam. Like honestly, now that I think about it, I don't, I've never really um try to sit here and, and go through him as a character, but this yeah, is all very interesting. Yeah, he got a, he's got something going on. Even him going, he was just so unaware of his surroundings. Like, I thought, them first, my first introduction to Adam, I'm like, is he okay? Like, should he be driving? Come on. You know what I mean? Just so unaware and, and man, it, it's a, uh, he had to die. I guess going he back to what we were really talking about, he had to, and it called, came full circle. Kofi, Eugene got his revenge for Kofi. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael paid for his son's sins. Mm -hmm. um, the bad guys always get off free, like, yeah. but it wasn't their turn. It wasn't their time. Like, I don't know, man. All as of we'll it. see in season two. <laughs> right, right. All of it's wild, man. All of it is wild. But one lie, man. Just keep it a buck, y'all. That's what the moral <laughs> of the story. 
There's one message to take from this show. Keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. Adam left the scene of that crime like he had just deemed the little bumper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and decided no. to keep on pushing. This he dragged Rocco's body. Like on that scooter. Like it was bad. My man's leg was pointing east in the come on, man. And the body was west. Come on. Um, whole thing was bad. Whole thing was bad. I have a question for you. Go ahead. My bad. No, yeah. I'm just flabbergasted just even thinking about the whole ordeal. Yeah, it's insane. Random question. Are you buying Jimmy Baxter as the head of the most vicious crime family in New Orleans history? In season one, I was. Um, Maybe not most vicious, but as the top dog currently, yes. But what I do know, and let's, okay, so maybe the first few episodes, but we clearly see that uh, Gina Baxter is. She the one. The one. She the one. She's the one. When she sat up in therapy and said, I want to live in my anger, mm -hmm. number one, I felt her. <laughs> yep. Um, As somebody who is often angry, and I actually <laughs> love being mad sometimes, um, like raging out. But, um. <laughs> she's crazy as fuck. Yeah. Remember, she set up uh Kofi's murder, put that in Rocco in uh Carlo's ear. She's mean as fuck. Like your she, daddy not gonna get it done. I'ma do it. She's the one that so here's why I didn't um it was hard for me to buy Jimmy as the head because of what you just said. Gina was okay. the one from jump. From from the time Rocco died. Gina was in control. She was undermining him. She was telling him to yeah. his face she was undermining him. Um, she's the one that went said, we go big. She blew up a house with a family in it. You know what I mean? She wants to live in that anger, like she said at the end of this last episode, episode two. She is in the most... In a way, she's terrifying because she, I believe very every word that she says. She's not playing. She's not here to play no games. Yeah, She's she definitely got this weird mother daughter i mean the mother son um, thing you know what i mean about her children um you can tell but obviously i think any mother would react like that if they lose a child um the same way but when when rocco came down when we saw rocco come down for breakfast um just kind of her her treatment of him um versus sophia um the same way she, yeah mothers and sons you can tell that <laughs> sophia relationship is um got a lot going on um, but the way she you know Pulls up on Rocco as far as like why are you beating up that bag instead of him like she she got she got them like they would do anything she says uh -huh. and real quick let me mention this part yeah there was a scene uh, was this at the end of episode one or it might have been at the end of season one but Sophia and um, Jimmy Baxter are on the lake almost mm -hmm. like a rivers kind of and mm -hmm. um, Sophia saying I've heard the stories about our family like you know family and the violence and things like that um mom's family she specifically mentioned something about mom's family which lets me know even more that whatever she got going on on that side they really like they about that they about that is the mom side the Baxters and Jimmy took the mom's last name for recognition Ooh. Wouldn't surprise or me. Familial Wouldn't surprise me. And I don't want to say like Jimmy a sucker. I, I believe like Jimmy's Jimmy's proved that he's about that. But the way she runs that, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very clear that she runs it. Like she's not to be played with. I felt like Jimmy. I feel like um, Gina moves off of emotion. But Jimmy was trying to be calculated. Like, he didn't want to make mistakes. Yeah. Jimmy's not wrong, by the way. He's not wrong. He's He's not not wrong wrong at all. Gina, because she wants to live in her rage, is reactionary. Oh, tip Mm -hmm. for tat? Bet. Big bet. Yeah. Let me solve this. Let me mush you. Let me send my rage down. You know? Um, But I think that that's going to be interesting to play out to see play out in season two because we clearly see while um big mo <laughs> the boss queen hey shout is, out to big mo shout out to the big women mo. that's in charge in this uh in this series running the thing running shout the show and so we see them have a moment on the balcony uh when mo is walking out of the bar and Gina is on her balcony looking like mm-hmm. we see that they have um, a moment. And that lets me know that that is foreboding for something to come um, in this season. Absolutely. That Absolutely. shit is not about to be sweet. Absolutely. Um, shout out to all my hip hop heads. Styles P, man, member of the locks. He has one of my favorite lyrics ever. Um he has a lyric that says, sitting at the table playing and plug the fan and let the sweat dry off and then grab the cannon. So DMX's niggas done started something. Uh-huh. But that bar is just about like, don't ever run off emotion. No That's matter it. what happens. Sitting at the table planning, plug the fan in. That means cool off. That's you know what it. I mean? Let the sweat dry off. Like, let time go by. Think about this. Be calculated. So shout out to Jimmy for that. Yeah. Um, but Gina runs off emotion. And I think another thing um, real quick about Gina that's so fascinating about her character is you don't see this in any other um, crime family, mafia mm-hmm. family organization mm-hmm. where a wife is so defiant against the boss. Right. You know I mean? That's the thing. You would never see Carmela, um, you know, go about this against Tony Soprano. You would never see um, really anybody. Like I said, you would never hear Kay talk to Michael Corleone like this, like ever, like ever. So the fact that she's so open with it and Jimmy's so um, accepting of it, like we really haven't seen him like check her, quote unquote. At all. Yeah, at all. I'ma pause you. I would be very interested to see, like I said on um Culture Garden this past week, season three of Godfather of Harlem started mm. uh last week or the week before as well. And uh Chen Giganti's wife is on some other shit in this season. And so I wonder at all, it could be completely unrelated, if the writers see or saw the power that Gina had in this season and was like, let me see if we can set homegirl up to start moving some pieces over here too. Just my thoughts, just maybe something to think about. Might not be wrong. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So... Let's uh let's just break down some scenes. Okay. Um, like I said, we're not gonna do a recap, but we'll just talk about some of our favorite scenes or scenes that we think are setting up things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll have one last category to end things out for this first episode. Um, do you want to go like in episode order, or do you want to just kind of mix them all together? Because at this it point, matter. it's all the same story. Yeah, um, so let's just go. I'll give you a couple. You give me a couple until we all run out. Carlo getting picked up by Desire. 
was one of my, it's probably my most satisfying scene to watch um, for all, all 12 episodes. Um, him pulling up, like the Carlos not smart. Um, another one who's, you know, like Gina runs off emotion. Of he's not Bill. He's a, uh, um, Sonny Corleone was smart, but he yeah. was a hothead as well. Um, kind of reminds me of that. And I love the fact that he pulled up. First of all, the bitch that lives in that house, bro. You know you out your element. Not to come mention on. people know who you are. Come and on. you come off being disrespectful. And I love the response that the guy had. Like, um, if you're talking about Kofi, now nah, he got killed by some bitch in, you know, OPP. Mm -hmm. And him trying to reach for the gun, him getting shot. Like, Carlo getting what he deserved. Like, getting pulled yeah. up on And had the leverage for Big Mo. Carlo's battery in his back comes solely from his mother. Mm -hmm. I think that without her, he might be violent because, you know, he was in jail before the whole, um, before Kofi got there due to other violent crimes and whatnot. I think that he may think he's muscle, but he doesn't even know how much his mother is pulling his strings in this. I think it's gonna get bad for uh Carlo in this yeah, season. as it should, which is another interesting thing. There's nothing more important than the first son when mm -hmm. you talk about these crime families. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. so I'm surprised Jimmy doesn't have more of a hold or more of an impact. Like he this man Carlo, his his mom, Gina has so much of an influence on him. This man was about to come home mm -hmm. from jail and risk going again for another 20 whatever years mm -hmm. for murder. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was he was on trial for it throughout season one. But my goodness, bro, like that's how that's how much control she has. Even as a grown man, let's say your father ain't in it for you to have a wherewithal, like yo, we'll get we'll set that up. Like I'm calling that part. That part. You know, we can get this gun. I don't have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. But Dina was so enraged that she wanted him to feel like something from her family in a way. It's like she was doing it herself. And she hasn't even paused to consider all this time yet that that was the wrong move. She don't care. She mm. don't care. She's she does not care. Um, first, let me say something. Prison rodeo is wild. That's like a real thing. You know I had to look it up. You know I had to look it up. And Gola Prison in Louisiana has a prison rodeo. You can buy tickets right now for $20. Bruh. What the fuck? That shit's sick. That's sick. I am not like a prison abolitionist because I do think that some people need to rock for some shit but that is so barbaric and crazy and it has to violate human rights laws like I wonder if that's what a, the fuck I wonder if that's like a Louisiana thing because when I typed it in Google the first thing that came up like I said was Angola which is in mm -hmm. Louisiana yeah um like that's insane to me. Like you sell, I'm looking at the website and I'm just like, this is they got a merch, they sell merch. That's These niggas sell merch, it's a prison rodeo. And people, Michael's trying to kill him himself, number one, by participating. Yeah, absolutely. But these are people who like I don't have access to any other funds. I want to make sure my family can still eat something, like whatever it is, but it is nigga. Freaked me the fuck out. And then to go on Google, or and I think Brian Cranston in like the little after show, he said that he looked it up and was like, wait, what? So then I had to look it up like, I know you fucking lying to me that this is some shit that really goes on. 
And who goes to that? Like, y'all some sick individuals to buy tickets to this. The same people who go and used to yeah, watch we, we, we know, we know, we know. Um, <laughs> One last one last scene slash question uh, before we get into some of your scenes. I still have more, but I want you to take over. Yeah. The baby. Yeah. Rocco Adam Baxter. Yeah. I got a question Rocco for you. Adam Desiato. I got a question for you because we know Fia is having it, you know, she's having a moment with her parents. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's blaming them for the things that happen, the violence that goes on in their family. Um, mm -hmm. As her, as Gina mentioned, She's not all the way independent. She's yeah. still young, as we knew in season one. She was in high school, mm -hmm. um, so she can't do her own thing. Her family got money. He, she don't have money. Yeah, um, so she moved out, quote unquote, to their hotel. Mm -hmm. But we know they're on the outs. They got some issues going on. We see this child, right? Which was what the fuck? Mm -hmm. First of all, because mm -hmm. we obviously we knew Adam was getting in with the teacher, but obviously he was with Fia as well. But that should have been a given. They probably got it in at that amusement park. Yeah, but isn't it? Do the parents? And this might be a stupid question. This might be a dumb question, but I'm gonna explain why I'm asking this. Do her parents know about this baby? I don't think they do. And the reason I ask is because if you are pleading for your daughter to come back to the family, not once have you mentioned your grandchild. Like, how do you hide this baby? It just it, obviously that was a big bomb at the end of episode one. But how did you hide this baby for nine months? Obviously, she's been estranged from her family. But for mm -hmm. nine months, and I'm not seeing you, maybe you can get away with that for the first few months. You know what I mean? But later on, I don't know how that's pulled off. I think I agree with you as well. And, well, I'll, I'll say that for later. But that's a lot. That's just a lot. Um, In the hotel room, other than it being a mess, there was no evidence of a baby. Straight up being there wasn't any uh receiving blankets out no little onesies no pack and play why aren't the uh the nurses not the nurses the uh the hotel staff coming in here and cleaning i don't want them in here i don't want them here every day yeah because they will see that it's babysitting <laughs> yeah. there's evidence of a life other than your own um very, very, very interesting. I don't think that they know. Part of me thought that maybe, just maybe, Jimmy might know. Because, again, he and Fia were very close. Yeah. But she said she ain't had time for him. Um, but I think she probably just didn't have time to get the baby shit situated and out the way first for him to come in and actually talk to her. Um. I don't know. I don't think that they know about that baby. Not even uh, Carlo. I don't think they know. I don't think so either because like I said, it's very odd for two episodes to go by and there's not one mention. Like I said, especially when you pleading for your daughter. Like at once, them, one of them parents would say, this is ridiculous. You are a teenager. You have a child. You need to be home. They would have pulled that line out. So I'm with you. That was the first thing. I'm like, hold on. And I, I didn't even think about that until the second watch. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So... I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, let's get into some scenes that you have written down that you want to discuss. Absolutely. Um, let's get into Eugene, a.k.a. Justin. Mm -hmm. One of my in, in, where are they, Texas? Um, I'm assuming Houston. In school, drawing. He's a beautiful artist, and I think we found that out in season one that he could draw. Mm -hmm. 
Um, here he is not responding. However long he's been here, a year, because yeah. that's how long uh, Michael's been in jail, essentially. Yeah, um, long enough for Fia to have a baby. <laughs> long enough for Fia to have a baby. Um, here he is in the classroom, not responding to his new name. Here he is documenting all of the crimes that have taken place. Um, and for me, while he's in the principal's office, we see that Eugene, a.k.a. Justin, he is still very much just a little boy mm -hmm. trying to navigate all of these things. Um, the principal was like, you set this house on fire. He was like, I did not escape. He escaped. Right. Okay. We see you drawing the picture of a boy that looks literally just like you. Literally. Shooting someone. What the fuck is going on here? You know? Very, very descriptive uh, crime scene. Very descriptive crime scene in the wrong hands. Get you. In right. Juvie Angola. And if not you, then Charlie Moe. Somebody Lil Mo, whoever, everybody, you know. Um, and then segue into the guardian, uh, the aunt, you know, who's like, okay, well, I'm not your guardian, so I can't, I really can't sign this form, Justin. Oh, that's not my name. And then we see her kind of be like, well, you know what? My nephew did send this little boy here under who knows what kind of circumstance like that. We are hiding him and changing his identity several hours away let me soften my shit like if you can do that then i can do this but you right. you gotta do something because you can't be drawing your crimes <laughs> for the principal for the teachers to feel like something is really wrong with you right you definitely can't do that and one of the most interesting things it goes to what you just said he is a little boy um I, i'm assuming at this time in season one he was 15 so we're assuming at this time he's around 16 yeah, I didn't think he was 15. I thought he was younger than that. Yeah, yeah. I think they mentioned 15. I think specifically okay. said it um, in one of the early episodes. So we'll say he's around 16, old enough to have a job. So yeah. 15, 16. And the one thing that he was focused on about that conversation with the principal was, you know, my principal said, I'm a violent, I'm, I'm a violent kid or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, and him really wrestling with that idea yeah. of knowing that he... My goodness, I couldn't imagine being that age knowing you got a body on you, especially one that wasn't intended. Right. Um, so you kind of took a life that you got to live with that. You're on the run. Um, your whole family's gone. Yep. But he's still thinking, like, I'm not about like that. She told him something along the lines of, like, if a good seed's planted, that's always going to be able to grow. Exactly. You know, the bad, even bad seeds can be uprooted. So he wants it just how naive he is and how how much he's in the early stages of his life um, and how good of a person he is at the core because he really cares about that. He doesn't want to be labeled as that. Like yeah. we knew through season one, he didn't want to be desire. That yeah. was by chance. Like right. he was in circumstance. Like my family's messed up. Of course you got to put money in my pocket. Where else I'm going to go? You see Lee try to help him. Like he wasn't with that because he knew that the lifestyle that he lives, the way he knows how to survive, he can't do it Lee's way. Mm -hmm. He has to go the desire route. And it goes back early to our episode full circle. Circumstantial, man. Same thing with his brother. It's the circumstances you grow in. Um, so it's a wild thing to see. Before I get into my next thing, 
I will be very interesting to see if we see Lee uh, this season. Yeah, that's in my from my our last segment. Okay, but, yeah. okay, okay. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. The next scene that just had me like, okay, was when Michael gets to Grandma Elizabeth's house. Mm, yep. Um. This nigga hadn't spoken to any of them literally since he went and turned himself in. She said, after a year of radio silence, like, I'm surprised to see you. She didn't give him a hug. Nah. They did not hug upon seeing each other. Somebody that was married to her daughter, who knows how long they were together and she's known him. She's a senator, a state senator. He's a judge. Mm-hmm. Y'all are colleagues. Aside from being related, y'all are colleagues. I'm taking care of your dog. My daughter and grandson are dead. Mm-hmm. Here you come unannounced showing up on my door. I felt like the silence in those scenes, the looks, the things that weren't said was really, 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 really powerful. You know, she lets Absolutely. him in. She is trying to move on with her life as best she can, you know. Like, we still in session, but I needed a break. <laughs> I needed right. to get away. And I'm having people over. You know, obviously he came unannounced, so you ain't know. The one that thing... guest... I'm sorry, go ahead. Is that guest room the only room available? In that not, big ass house? Not in that big ass house. I'm sure there's a room not riddled with Adam and Robin's pictures that he could have been in. I couldn't decide if that was a knife or let me put you here with the people that you love. Segway, her discovering him sleeping in that goddamn pantry. Like, <laughs> right. She still loves Michael. She recognizes that he was trying to protect Adam. But I think she is so angry and hurt by every single thing that has happened. Not just the events, but then Michael's unwillingness to talk to her, to shit, talk to Charlie. <laughs> to talk to Agent Costello, like Michael's not fucking with anybody. It right. has left everybody else to pick up the pieces. Um, that shit, it, it it blew me. Yeah, he's not even fucking with himself. Yeah, and yeah. um, that's a very interesting question that you have. As, as I'm thinking about it, I just kind of made this connection. So you mentioned um, his mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to move on. She's got, you know, she's moving on with her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she does let him in. And there's an interesting scene. We talked about it a little bit where Gina's going to grief counseling and they talk about the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. In a way, I think that she is trying to kind of force acceptance on him. Yeah. Um, even if you tie in the scene where she mentions going to the grave once a year, mm-hmm. once a bloom, like you going every day, you know, she kind of. They're not there. Like she's questioning them, like the way she kind of just popped up. Where are you sneaking off to every morning? 
Like she's very, I love that about her character. She's very yeah. direct. She's not here for the bullshit. Like mm-hmm. let's sit down, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like put it all on the table. And I, um, I think that's her in everything. Yeah, in everything. You gonna get to the bottom of the shit. Yeah, <laughs> we gonna get to the bottom of shit. We it's her, our first scene with her, our first time meeting her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very that person. Yeah, and she took control. Like she's one of those characters. You know, she's not taking no for an answer. So you might as well play ball. Cause she's gonna badger him. I could tell the first time she showed up to the Desiato household, she took over, she made dinner. Like, I don't care what y'all dinner plans was, I'm cooking dinner tonight. A force multiplier. That is what she is. A force multiplier. She is gonna make some shit happen. The perfect description. So I think she's trying to uh, force that on him. I think she's trying to force the acceptance. Like, look, just because you've been gone for a year. Um, you showing up, man. We all done. We cope with this in our different way. Like you gotta accept the fact that mm-hmm. this is here. Because I think she's wondering the same thing we are. What are you here for? What is your What's your plan? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think she asked him. So that means you won't be staying here long, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't have any concern about where you're going. Like we know he's homeless. Like, he working at the meat store now. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? From, from a judge to that, not like I said. I don't want to shout out to everybody making a living. Like if you yeah. work in the meat store, but from a judge to that, we see Michael's fall off. Um, but he's still doing this for some reason, and I can't wait to find out what that is. Where is he gonna go? Other than saying, other than to unalive himself, where is Michael Desiato going? Right. So I don't even know why he's saying I'm not gonna be here long. Like, where, where are you going, bro? You gonna stay with Charlie? Nope. Hey, I can't see. This is just you know forecasting. He can't leave New Orleans. Like, I know he's on parole or probation, whatever this early release secret situation is, but he can't leave. What's left of his life is there. And I think he's too fragile to leave. He needs to go to the cemetery every day. He needs that. Mm -hmm. There's no way he could survive. He's barely surviving... um... In his mother-in-law's house. As is, when he uh, took that belt and they showed the um, the cutting, I was like, oh, Lord, please, please, please. And I knew they couldn't do that, you know, episode two, episode one. I knew it wouldn't happen, but it just was like, fuck. You, we see that Michael is for real not okay. Yeah, you know what? That that just reminds me of something I was thinking, too. Um, obviously, you're not going to get rid of somebody like Michael Desiato um, mm-hmm. this early in the season. But the way they have this set up, I think the Baxter, uh, um, the Baxter desire storyline is going to get a lot of burn this season. Um, Absolutely. This is something we probably should have mentioned earlier when we were having the discussion about Michael's motivation. It gives us a lot of segue while they're building that up. That's going to play a big role into what we see in your honor. So I think they built a lot of that around this, um, especially with knowing that we were supposed to end after season one. I think that Gina wants Mo's head until she gets Eugene. Yeah, absolutely. She's 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 on her she's on her side, and she she wants everyone. Yeah, like she wants after she gets Eugene, she wants Mo for putting her through the hassle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So she's that she's got that in her, and it sounds like I said I, her family was specifically mentioned. Yeah, as as the ones. Um, so I wonder how much of that's going to come in. I know that there are some characters. Um, if you look at the uh, the cast, there are some characters who have not shown up yet. Yeah. In these final eight episodes. Um, so I'm very curious if that's part of her family, how that's going to play out. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, we got a lot to to figure out with that. Um, what did you think of the scene with uh, Detective Costello when she pulled up on him when he was walking? Um, she might be my most like my least likable character. I wanted to fire her. Like what? What you like? What you on? What's your deal right now? Like I'm in like Michael don't give a fuck about what she's talking about. Not at all. And she can't read that. Like I know you mad. Go off. You feel me? But correct me if I'm wrong. The confession that Michael made was to her. No, I believe so. Yeah, because it wasn't to Lee. It was to her. What more do you want him to tell you at this point? Yeah, and like you shame, like why you put like what do you want? I guess that's my whole thing when I watch that scene. Like, what do you want? My only thought is that maybe, just maybe, even though he confessed to her, I wonder if she knows about the investigations into Charlie, into the Baxters, um, if she could at all be implicated in the help that she provided Michael, even though she, I mean, she has plausible deniability. She did not know what the fuck was really going on, but otherwise I can't understand why you that I mean, I guess I get why you're that mad at me, but girl, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my shit boils down to. Like, you see, I'm I'm down bad. I'm bad. I'm out here fucked up in these streets. Like, why do you even come to me with this? I do not care. I do not know where my. I don't even know where I'm sleeping tonight. Come on. At this point, at this point, was he? Did he make it to her house? Do we even know? Nah. Yeah, he did. He did. So yeah, he, he was did. already out. So yeah. Either way, like, come on, man. What you want? It it really bothered me. So I feel like she got on my nerves in season one, but she gonna piss me off in season two. I can already tell. Um, I just don't like that. Ain't nobody showing Michael no grace. <laughs> yeah, they really treating Michael. Um, we can talk about this with the scene of him, like I say, reliving that his old life isn't his anymore. Him going to the courthouse to see Charlie as soon as he finds out about the tape um, or he's released from jail in episode one. Like, he sees his bailiff. I, I forget his bailiff's name. Was Alan. Adam, Alan. 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 Um, and he's realizing like there was that good slash sad moment between them. Like, you see that they worked together for a long time. There's a relationship there, but I cannot. You on the other side now, bro. Like, yeah, I felt like Alan really had a moment of trepidation. He wanted to embrace him, but knew, nigga, you're not allowed here. You are not <laughs> allowed in government one. <laughs> yeah, I think not only did Alan want to embrace him, he wanted to let him in. He did. I he think that he would. Like, yeah. And he knows that they have a relationship. Him and Charlie have a relationship. Like, I think he was really on that, but damn, like, you on that side now, bro. Damn, she. Ah, ah, yeah, man, it's wild. Um, can we talk about the marriage issues between Jimmy and Gina? Bruh, I knew that things were rough in season one, you know, when we started to see the rifts in their decision making. How did we get to y'all sleeping separately? Hold on, time out. How did we get to, and listen, this has never happened to me. I don't know if this is like, I, obviously I've never been married, but <laughs> I couldn't imagine any worse feeling than your girl walking in 
and know she doesn't know you in the room and realize it and immediately covers up. Man, what the fuck are them. you hiding? Yeah, man, I, like <laughs> you, you that disgusted with me that you covering up some shit I done seen for years. Yeah, like, girl, we don't stop playing. I hop on your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? You ain't even got to hop on the shoulders. We clearly do not fuck with each other. But how that, in that moment, here? yeah, yeah. In that moment, yeah, but this, I get it. I get it. I get her like on that. Like that's a sign yeah. of I, distrust. Like I don't trust you. Like we're not fucking with each other. I get why, but I'm just looking at it from the general like standpoint of like, damn man, we done made it to the point where you covering up. Like, oh, ain't no coming back from that, man. Not even just oh, I'll go to the other room. I'll wait. But he left. He left his room so she could take a shower in his shower, even though. Whatever was wrong with her. Yeah. Got up out the bed, was in the bed, sleep. Sleep dish. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. Gina's it's bad, bad motherfucker. Boy. <laughs> I mean, Gina ain't playing no games, man. She run things. Like I said, I'm surprised. It's gotta come this season where Jimmy's fed up and he gotta like, but I don't know if he just like I said, do you do that if you know her family about that? Because Gina is not gonna hesitate to get you out of here. Mm. They don't like him anymore. Jimmy she blames her for everything. She blames her for everything. It's going to be very interesting to see how this oh, happens. Yeah. She blamed him for buying Rocco that scooter. Yeah. Um, And then just every everything that's happening. Action for, not being, for not being enough. For being reactionary. Not, not setting the tone. Like, I, like we said earlier, it was her idea to bomb that house. Like she wants to be. She wants to make the move. She's playing offense, not defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, very interesting. Also, about that courthouse scene. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me I'm holding up your line, bro. I slap shit at you right now. <laughs> like straight up, bro, in the courthouse. You might as well keep me here because I'll slap the dog shit out of you. Nah, you can't keep Talk me. Like you're crazy. <laughs> you can't keep me after a year being in jail. Nigga, don't hold me in contempt. Don't hold me in nothing. I don't want to be here. I can't come. All right. Well, see if mm-hmm. I can send some pigeons to Charlie's window. Like, <laughs> right, right, man. Dude was talking greasy, though. Dude was talking but so, did Alan tell Charlie that Michael was out? Or one of the other bailiffs? Um, I think Charlie got enough ears in the city to know. You know, the Baxters knew. I think people just know. People invested yeah. knew. Mm-hmm. One of them passive, like, you know your boy's out. Like, what? Um... I don't know who Charlie's working with, though, because we got to remember, Charlie showed up to his place of employment. Who knew where he was working? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Other than Rosie Perez's character. So I wonder, like I say, he either got some real serious ears in the street, which we know he does. He's a mayor. Um, and he's got a shady past, even though it hasn't been too revealed. Uh, but he knew exactly where to find Michael. It'd be one thing if he showed up at the mother-in-law's house. Right. Right. He showed up at his job, which you know, he barely know where he work. <laughs> well, no. When you get out of jail, don't you have to report? Um, oh, yeah, that is. Because she did She she did mention that she has to make it look legit. Yeah. So it's probably on the paper. Very good point. Very good point. Be thinking. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> let me stop, man. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me chill, man. Let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> Multiple, uh, yeah, leave, I'll leave it to the, leave it to the experts. Oh, I'm leave it. Understanding. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it to the expert. My bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I take it. I you got you got any other scenes you want to get into? 
um, episode one, when uh, Little Mo, when he, um, when he disappears, Eugene. Mm-hmm. I know Eugene. You said or Eugene slash Justin. That's your favorite character. One I of my favorites. He's not my favorite, character, but he's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I love him. I'm a big Lil Mo fan too. I love that he gave him the chance that he knew he was endangering his own life and situation. Uh, so that that little boy, again, a child, was not turned over to the Baxter hands. Mm-hmm. Was not turned over to the police. The fact that Big Mo was uh, willing to do that, though. Yeah, because you weren't getting Carlo. You weren't getting Carlo. And Eugene ain't hit. He ain't take out one of yours. I'll be very interested to see this season what the Moses relationship is because of Little Mo's decision to do that. How much extra, quote unquote, even though they reconciled it, how much does he he have to do to get back in his mother's good graces. Yeah. As to which we see him trying to get this dope that he can't afford. Nah, absolutely. Um, that moment solidified Lil Mo was one of my favorite characters as well. Yeah. I, I, I liked him from season one, um, mm-hmm. which I want to ask you real quick because you are you are the uh, queen of um, regional um, vernacular <laughs> and accents. Uh-huh. So, how do you feel about his New Orleans accent? Mo has big Mo has the best one. Yeah, but how do you feel about how how do you feel about Little Mo's New Orleans accent? Uh, It's okay. It's okay. Certain words he certain words you can definitely like hear, and the other ones is like I I can tell you trying. Um, he's African. Yeah, he is. I see that. I saw that too. And I think that our other uh, non-continental U.S. Uh, acting colleagues do a good job on assimilating or taking on these various American accents. But the New Orleans accent is special. Yeah, that in Baltimore, I think, are the two hardest accents. In Baltimore, yes, yes. Um, uh, He's okay. It's okay. It's not cringy, but I'm also not from New Orleans. I have to ask one of them. But I think that Mo has the best. Big Mo. Big Mo definitely does. I just had to randomly ask ask you that. But the reason, going back to Little Mo, is I think in a sense, everything you said, He's not handing them over to the Baxters. He's not handing them over to the police. Like he's not gonna let uh, Big Mo kill him. And I think he feels a little bit responsible. Yeah, she's. You know what I mean? Like all of this happened because of some shit we was into. I'm the one that told Kofi personally, like to take them years. I understand why you did what you did. Like this is my way of looking out. Like so that lets me know. Like I said, these these moments of humanity. Yeah. Um, to remind us that. Yeah, they affiliated, but they affiliated by circumstance, not because exactly. I wanted to grow up and be desired. Exactly. Like, that's kind of what it is. So I love moments like that. And even, like you said, little Mo sacrificing a relationship with his mom's like, this is the right thing to me. 
Yeah. And I got it. And it is. Absolutely. Because Eugene's a good dude. Like he's that's why I think I'm sure he's a lot of people's favorites. Like he's 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 a good kid. Like he's just caught up in some shit. And you understand everything that he's doing and the reason why. Baxter's gotta pay. Baxter's gotta pay. (laughs) I'm on the same shit. I'm on the same shit, man. Um, I got one last scene. I I don't know how many more you have, but I have one last scene I just want to go ahead and touch on, uh, which is Michael and Fia. Um, that's okay. scene at the um, at the hotel at the hotel, mm-hmm. um, not the ending scene where he f- meets his grandson, but the scene where they she's having lunch and he's passing by while he's working. Okay, um, a lot of interesting things with that. You have Jimmy who creeping, creeping <laughs> watching this man that he despises have the relationship with his daughter that he's like so badly wants again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that for one, and it resonated with me personally um, because. You see, you see Fia just really trying to look for some kind of feel of family. Mm-hmm. And the closest thing she has was Adam. And obviously, Michael doesn't know she has a son, mm-hmm. um, but that's all connected at this moment. And yeah. she's trying to make sure she stays in his life. And they're kind of like the two outcasts. So I love that idea, I, that idea of the relationship. Go ahead. If you remember, she tried to visit him in jail. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she visited him in jail and tried to talk to him and all of that. So um, oh, personally, when she mentions, you know, Adam, mm-hmm. and she mentions like part of the thing I miss are like the conversations we never had, the questions I never got a chance to ask them, like the stuff we left on the table. Like I felt that, like yeah, and, you yeah. know, I lost my pops. It was unexpected. Like I thought me and pops had another 10, 12 years. So just that idea of being in the present um and not taking that time for granted. Uh, Carl, not Carlo, Jimmy Baxter had something about that. He had a line, and when he talked to Carlo about fear, like. Mm-hmm. Young people want time. Like you take time as like a luxury. Like, but I felt that. Like, damn, so many stuff on the table. Like that finality of things. Like just not being able to ask those questions and just the idea of who Adam was. Like Brian finally. I said Brian, like Brian Cranston. Michael finally <laughs> opening up. You know what I mean? He had been cold the whole time. Like uninterested. Yeah. I won't even say cold. Just uninterested. Yeah. The whole time, and just him finally opening up and explaining a little bit about Adam's personality and. He would have loved questions like that. Um, I just love that whole scene because maybe that's the spark of that motivation for him because that's the first time he was even engaged with anybody in a real way other than trying to other than trying to let Charlie know, like, watch your back. <laughs> they coming. But I love that scene. Um, I love it. You just sparked something for me. I wonder if Michael is sick. Not Michael. Jimmy is sick. Hmm. Where you get that from? Um, you just reminded me of his conversation with Carlo about you know young oh, about people. Time. Yeah. Um, and yes, and okay, yes, he's an adult. He's older. He understands that time is truly of the essence, and you could be here today and gone tomorrow. But I wonder if he is sick, and that is part of everything that he's got going on, part of the dynamic shift between he and Gina, part of the desire to have, other than, you know, I want my daughter close, I lost a son already, but wanting Fia to be close, you know, and they were very close as we saw in season one. We see Jimmy be softer, quote unquote, with Carlo. He really won't fucking with Carlo in, um, in the first season, you know, no, he no. recognized, okay, yeah, this is my son. Yeah, I want him out of jail. I want him home, but uh, 
he's a bonehead. I really yeah, he'll, he'll a liability for sure. And so we see, you know, you're a good brother. We see him have softer moments with uh, with his children, or at least desire to have them. Uh, I do have one other scene, and it really, again, also includes Fia. But it was Fia and Gina's scene when she came to that room. Yeah. Uh, the slap, um, the conversation between them, like, <laughs> Jesus, get off the fucking cross, mom. Jesus needs it back. Yeah. I probably would have smacked the fuck out of you, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just <laughs> we see their dynamic come to a head because they've been doing, they've been clashing since season one. Right. And you definitely about to come up in here like I'm just a little teenager. I'm somebody's mother. Um, and while she can't say that, she may not know that, but um, that is what it is. And so you see Fia's attitude. She's always been ballsy, but her demeanor and attitude is just different and I, I want to see more of that and I'd be very interested to watch her character in her story and baby Rocco's life unfold so I think that transitions perfectly into the last segment of this episode okay which is going to be things from season one that we want to see resolved okay. um, you know just a couple predictions maybe or not even predictions, just things that I specifically noticed that I can't wait to see unfold. Okay. Um, and the first one, like I said, with the transition is um, Fia finding out that her child is fathered by the same person that killed her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when that happens. Um, I'm sure it does happen. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. That, honestly, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet. Maybe because the parents don't know that there's a child mm-hmm. um, because I think that's something that they very quickly expose to her, yeah. especially to get the, her back on their good graces. Like yeah. not only this dude you're grieving over, like he killed your brother, by the way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm su- like I said, I'm surprised they didn't pull that card already. Cause you don't need the baby for that. You don't need the baby for that. My, like you can tell her right now and you say you are, Jimmy and Fia are very close and he loves her. He wants to protect her. He wants her to be happy. That's it. And me keeping this ram, this what's it called? A, a flower, a bird in the hand. Right. As far as having that knowledge prior to Adam getting killed, that was a pawn that Jimmy was going to use for forever. So it does him no good to tell uh, Fia that. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, I have two other things listed. And then we'll get into yours. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. Where's Lee? Mm-hmm. That's one of mine. The okay. very interesting. The reason I know Lee comes back, because this is gonna be this is gonna be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Lee knows that Eugene is in trouble. Yeah. Lee was Eugene was on the phone in front of her building. Miss Lee, pick up, pick up. Mm-hmm. He gets snatched up by desire. Yeah. I don't know if his phone ever ended because he's screaming, help, get off me, help. Lee probably has that voicemail somewhere and knows that Eugene is in trouble. And okay. Lee, just like Detective Costello, mm-hmm. they do not let shit go. They, if, yeah, they do not let it go. Like they are going to get to the bottom of it. It's their natural nature. They're good police, as the wire would say. Mm-hmm. Natural police. <laughs> um, but it's kind of just works like that. And I know Lee's not a uh she's not an officer, she's an attorney, but um just that. And they built. She's built a relationship with Eugene. Mm-hmm. She knows Eugene's circumstances as well. She knows he's doing this because he has to. 
Um, she wants to help him out. So I wonder yeah. where that's going to play because in Eugene's corner, it's his best option to stay gone. Um, but her trying to crash down on desire for where his disappearance is and her needing answers as to is he okay, that's going to be a big storyline, I think, in the next yeah. uh, eight episodes. I agree. I agree. Um, and you have Elite is one of my, I want to see where this goes. But also Lorraine Toussaint's character, the mm-hmm. other uh, judge. Yeah. Do we see her again? I don't think so. We were, Michael set her up. Definitely set her up. Is that a part of another part of his confession on how he was able to get on the bench for the Baxter trial? If we see her, it's like for an episode or a scene. Like it's not going to be a big storyline thing, but it might get brought up. Um, Once again, Michael setting the sister up. Exactly. Michael, this good judge, this good man, but his black counterparts, his black constituents. Yeah. Other than Charlie, he's thrown to the wayside. I about to say maybe that's countered because he has a black best friend. I don't know, but the biggest thing that I want to know, the biggest reveal that I can't wait to hear more about. Um, I think it has something to do with Charlie. Um, I think it has a lot to do with more people that we know, maybe even Michael. Um, I want to know more about Robert's death. Uh, I think that little Mo is the person in that photo. Mm-hmm. We saw the same person in that photo with, with the hat. Being in the bed with, or on the bed, should I say? We didn't see a body, but we saw that hat on the bed where Robert was taking a photo in the mirror. Uh-huh. Um, looks like she was creeping, <laughs> and we know she was creeping. And I think that that had something to do with it. And I think that plays a lot into the opening scene of this entire series, why Adam is met with such contention. It was it was more than just who was this white dude in our area. Mm-hmm. And you got it. Full disclosure: I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't know anything about the politics or the culture, you know, hood, hood politics, or anything down in New Orleans. Yeah. I don't know if that's a normal thing or that's how that works. But to me as a viewer, it looked like it was something deeper than that. Like, you know, you shouldn't be here. You specifically shouldn't be here. Um, and there's just more to that that we have. We don't know yet. And I can't wait to see how that unfolds because they didn't just give that to us to let it go to the wayside. Yeah. Like, I want to know what really happened with Robin because there is more than what we know right now is what we know i think that the story in season one that michael tells to the gas station attendant to get that video footage is exactly what happened yeah yeah but her murder there's more to that yes there's more to that and i can't wait to see what it was and like i said i think that's that picture with his hand over his face i think that's a little more Mm, 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 mm. You got my mind in bad shape, Rich. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> that's just my thoughts, just what I was feeling at the time. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I really think that, and I can't like that is the biggest question mark that I have. Like, what is going on? Because you can't tell me Robin got murdered and just leave it at that. These photos, there is too much information out here that we need. Answers. Nobody had seen before. Adam, exactly. see Adam doing too much again. Printing these photos that nobody has seen. That's the only. That's the only thing that happened in season one that makes me believe that they knew they were having a season two, or at least that they were hopeful. Even though, okay, yeah, it's going to be a limited series, but just in case this shit jump off, let me drop a few Easter eggs. Yeah, I think this is the one where if there isn't any kind of resolution, I'm going to be the most upset. 
I'm gonna be the most upset if that just if that was just a thing that they just happened and you know. But I, I really hope we got eight episodes to figure it out. So, yes. do you have anything else that you have unresolved from season one that you? Um, want to I, I really don't. Um, I I do think that they put a nice bow on it because the expectation was for it to be over. Yeah. Um, other than Lee Delamere, she's she's the only one. Yeah. She's she's really really the only one. Yeah. So. Um... Oh, yeah, where's this teacher? Where is Franny? Yeah, where's Franny? I, I, um, it's funny. Shout out to Ashley again. Me and her was having a conversation. I think Franny might be, uh, she might be gone. Yeah. She might be gone. Other than her knowing what really happened. She's the only one that, she's the only one that doesn't have the interest of keeping it quiet. Uh, yeah. So Other than being an accessory. Right. So maybe she pops up in that manner. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, this was fun. It was. It was fun talking about this. You know, we we combined two episodes in one. So I know we clocking in at about an hour, 20 minutes, hour, 21 minutes, whatever it's going to be. But um, all of these episodes, we don't anticipate to be this long unless we got a lot of stuff to break down. Yeah. Um, but we just, like we said at the beginning, we just want to have a conversation. We're just talking about the show, things that we're thinking about. Um, it's not going to be like a scene by scene thing. We're just going to go over some themes and we're going to do this every single week. I really like that this is conversational yeah, versus um, a breakdown of what we've all just watched. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think everything that we do with television is really going to be conversational. Like, like I said, I, I think the thing that, um, you know, Rachel and myself have been friends for a very, very long time. Like, yeah. I pretty much know Rachel have my life by this point. Crazy. And, you know, we are going to have these conversations. Like when we did season five of Insecure, that was no different than the conversation we had about seasons one through four in our own personal, just going back and forth personally. Yeah. Um, we like bringing that here. We like hearing that you guys, um, like I said, are in the car or wherever you are listening and you're agreeing with points. You're disagreeing. We want you yelling at your speakers. Like you tripping, like whatever the case is. Yeah, we just shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm and then reach out to us and let us know because we will Absolutely. really continue this conversation. This is a um, like I said, it's just us on this, you know, on these microphones. But all of y'all are welcome. All of y'all are included. We want this to be a big thing. And if you're not watching your honor, um, obviously if you made it to the end of this, you are. But if you know somebody that needs to be watching it, go ahead and start it, baby. Go ahead and start it. If you know somebody that's looking for some, you know, extra conversation or content, send them our way. We got y'all. Period. You feel me? So, with that being said, um, Rachel and myself will be back with school this upcoming week um, on Thursday with a new episode of the Culture Guard podcast. We got a film for y'all, um, and then we'll be back next week with the season uh, season two, episode three of Your Honor. Um, with that being said, Rachel, you got anything else? All rise. All hearts and minds are clear. Straight up, straight up, man. Y'all be cool. How y'all be cool. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.